2: Josh Brown, it's not Monday, but we're still winding up. We've got a lovely four-day weekend week passage of time ahead of us.
0: This is it, man. I don't think we've explained this. So no. first off, apologies for missing the past two Mondays and, <laughs> next, and Monday next Monday as, as well, all. because we've had uh, three Mondays off in a row. However, mm-hmm. we are here. It's Tuesday. We're still going to be winding up your week. It just so happens that our week starts right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we've kind of got this whole thing where, in case you didn't already realise, Walkhold you got taken over by future uh, studios, and they mandate a couple of four-day weeks weekends in the old August to make sure everyone has some time off, which is lovely. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining, but then you try, you, well, I'm not complaining, but then you try and make the, the four day weeks work to a five day workload. And there's just a lot of stuff to crunch into those days. And it does mean that on a Monday, we're not in the office to do the old wind up. So we'll get around to as much stuff as
0: we can. Let me ask Scott, Go Hilton, on. what were you doing yesterday? You've had these four day weekends. Well, have you been enjoying them? Let me, let me get a little bit of catch up because we haven't talked <laughs> much over the past few weeks because we've been doing stuff. So yes. have you been enjoying them at least?
2: I went to the Edinburgh, Tattoo on Saturday and Sunday, which is very very nice. It's Edinburgh um, is the I was going to describe what Edinburgh was. It's in Scotland. <laughs> uh, it's a lovely place to be, and they have a lovely castle. And they put a thing on. I think it's every year called the Tattoo, which I didn't know what that was, but it's a big like music culture art festival thing, um, where like various different countries put forward their best performers and just do a little slot as part of the Tattoo. It was kind of magical. It was kind of incredible. Um, massive shout out to every single performer and everyone who was at the Edinburgh Tattoo, because um, that thing, like I said, I went in not knowing what it was. And and it's just like, okay, here's like an American performance. Here's a bunch. Here's the Mexican performance. Here's the Swiss performance. And it's all rhythmic and awesome. And just, it's just such a celebration of bodies moving and doing stuff in synchronicity with awesome music in the background. And um, that I just, I kind of had a transient. I just had a trans, tra- transcending moment great, with it. I was watching the Irish performance, the river dance stuff. And I was like, yeah, you dance, you, da- you dance as much as you can. You're absolutely <laughs> nailing that. Um, and I was like, why aren't we dancing more as a populace, as a humanity? Why aren't we doing this? So I, I just, uh, shout out to the Edinburgh tattoo. That was my Saturday and Sunday. My other days um was spent playing some Saints Row, um which is just just not a way that you want to spend your time on this earth, but we'll get there. Um and then just a lot of Assassin's Creed Odyssey and something else that you can say you're playing.
0: The Last of us. Last of us Part, part one, 1, which we cannot talk about. We until- cannot August 31st.
2: Yes, we can't talk about it more than um, just saying that we're playing it, but we'll get there in due time. Um, But that's been my, uh, how I've been splitting my days for the most part. A ton of Cult of the Lamb I
0: will say. Yes, you've got the shirt on right now. Nobody else but me knows this, but it's a beautiful Cult of the Lamb shirt. Thank you.
2: I got it from Redbubble if you want to get your own. You can get one off the Devolver Digital store, but they are all sold out. I want a little plushy lamb, but they're not, um, they're all sold out as well. But Cult of the Lamb, phenomenal game to have, to play whilst Breaking Bad's on in the background. How was your (laughs) time off?
0: That sounds like a lovely weekend. Mine was also so very nice thank you mm. very much it was my girlfriend's birthday yes so we went out to the beach and got some fish and chips And the she Friday she dined you
2: out on Twitter I did see that you're too busy watching <laughs> Dark Souls making our videos
0: that was on the Saturday we were waiting to go out because right. we went out uh, for a few drinks on the Saturday night And what am I supposed to do while she's getting ready other than watch the same Dark Souls retrospective that I've seen <laughs> a million times that's how I enjoy my time so that was my Saturday I had a nice day off on Sunday mm-hmm. yesterday I went to see an artist called Alex G uh, play a gig that was really fun and I actually want to shout someone out Do it. someone came Came up to me after the gig called Chris, who uh, either watched or listened to the content, nice. and said to my face that Resident Evil Six was not good. In <laughs> I was I was too. Did wiped. he say hello?
2: They he just come up to you and just said Resident Evil Six not great? Okay, see you later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, he's very he's very very nice. Uh, but I just kind of wanted to say it right now on record because the gig was kind of wiped and I couldn't defend Resident Evil Six as much <laughs> as I wanted to in person. Chris, if you're listening to this, Resident Evil Six owns. I, I mean, that's not. I I can't even begin to go anywhere near
2: what would be necessary to unpack that statement.
0: What I'm going to say is, if we want to, like, agree on something that does not own and is bad, it's got to be Saints Row, right? That's a beautiful, beautiful
2: segue, because Saints Row might be the worst game of the year. I think, I'm going to see how it goes. I feel like the collective reviews and my own have just echoed the fact that it's a broken, horribly written mess of a thing. I don't hate it. I find that it's just, it's trying too hard to, like, to hate. I'm just sort of, it's not necessarily ambitious, but I just think it's lame. It's just boring. It's just been played out. And um, the script is atrocious. It's kind of just everything that a lot of people thought it was going to be going in. Um, and I saw Raycevic, uh, shout out to Racevick on um, a YouTube channel, um, tweeting just saying, what is this new genre of dialogue that's in everything? And I feel like it's this post MCU, everything needs to be equipped, everything needs to be self-aware. We need to protect ourselves against criticism online style of writing. So I'm just going to acknowledge everything in the moment, but it robs any scenario of any weight, any drive, any purpose any insert whatever necessary element needs to be there because um, we need to just, you know, not have any grounding to anything whatsoever. And Saints Row is that. It's why everyone hated that Forspoken trailer. And I feel like that's, you know, you get bits and pieces of that in um, various other AAA titles. And I just, I just, the whole game of that, if you took the Forspoken energy and made it into a crime open sandbox, it's yeah. that.
0: Now I don't hate this game as much as you, but like I, I said, I don't, don't hate it. I just think it's like so
2: it. well, effing lame.
0: Well, there you go. There you go. It is. It is very lame. Yeah. I would. I would take the expletive out of my um, analysis <laughs> of this game because I kind of nothing it. It's just. It is a thing right. that exists, almost like Captain America style. It's been frozen since 2015, <laughs> or maybe even earlier, right. and it's been unearthed in 2022 and just kind of like given out. Uh, and I w- see. I. I, I wish
2: it did stuff as well as those games, like you know. That whole thing of like, well, back when Saints 3 was deconstructing its own, it's itself, like instead of just, you know, opening a car door to get in a car, you just jump through the windshield. Like that whole thing felt fresh at the time, or at least felt like it was acknowledging the tropes of the time in a way that this doesn't. Like this just feels like this weird, you know, every interview with Volition, they're trying to make it for a new audience and they're trying to like launch it for a whole new demographic. And it feels like that. It feels like you sort of did a bunch of market testing for like, what are the kids like? Okay, they talk about capitalism a lot, right? Let's put that in there. Okay, they think swearing's cool, right? guys, we liked swearing when we were 10. Right, let's put that in there. Like, it just feels like a bunch of old people writing a script for assumed millennials and getting yeah. it all wrong.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know, I was I was not a huge fan of the previous games myself. Mm. I know that you were. Uh, so you're, you're, I, I'm comparing kind of like the writing that I know from there compared to the writing now. And I kind of dislike both for uh, different <laughs> reasons, but I would fully agree with what you said mm. there. You know, the, the, the humor in the game is like incredibly frustrating. Uh, it's written for this perceived millennial audience that just, like, hits nothing that I know millennials are interested in. <laughs> or any humans or ever. Any humans that have ever existed. Yeah, it's it's kind of, like, mind-numbing in terms of its writing and characters. I do think there are some interesting characters in there. You know, as part of the core saints group, there are a couple of personalities there that yeah. I quite like, but they are, again, dragged down by these kind of quips that you mentioned earlier. <laughs> I think my
2: thing, I did, a, I did a default confused face there. I genuinely don't think There's any redeemable elements to the script whatsoever. Like I just think it's a black hole.
0: See, there were some moments where I was quite endeared to it. Uh, You know, there is there's a moment where where you play as a character who's kind of part of this military security organization, and very early on, what kicks you into gear to want to be kind of the boss is Mm -hmm. that you get uh, fired. You get fired from this job, and I did enjoy the mission after that where you press triangle to get out of bed, (laughs) and your character can't get out of bed because they're too depressed. And I was like, there's something in that that I enjoyed and related to and thought was quite well executed. Yeah, I
2: I like, the thing is, I like the core, like I said, there's no redeemable aspect. I like the core setup on paper. I like the idea of a bunch of students who just need to pay rent, getting drawn into a whole criminal empire and going further and further and being more ridiculous. That on paper is fine, fun, relatable enough. I just think that they don't do anything with that. And they, like, the way that it's written, I said in the review, like, they invoke a history to your character that doesn't exist and they refer to, like, they're mass killing machines and then all of a sudden they're having, like, really emotional moments. Every character has an emotional sob story moment where the piano comes in yeah and they're all talking about like oh but actually you know my my, my mom had cancer and that's why this is and it's like what do you what are you doing like this doesn't land at all you can't throw this in it's- after you've done everything else and they talk so much about like we need to protect the working classes and make sure that we're doing everything for the right reasons and then as skiller pointed out in his review there's one scene where they just execute a lawyer who's just trying to serve like a warrant and it's just like oh well capitalism so oh, that, and it's like what what is this what are you doing
0: I don't mind all of that stuff as much as you do, I don't think. And this is where Kills we do me, kind does. of disagree because yes. I don't like you mentioned there about this kind of presumed history. I got enough history from the characters, like I mm. said, to kind of endear me to them a little bit. I don't think what you mentioned there about like your character being this kind of like murderer or anything feels out of the left field because we've just right. played as them as part of this military organization where, you know, they they excel at being this kind of super soldier yes. essentially. So that to me tracks the, other, the question of is that stuff good I would say no I just kind of I guess from a sort of base legibility perspective I, I, I thought more was there than perhaps you did
2: my thing was with the military stuff she I'd say she because my character's female they um, say it's my first day and then yeah. but then they're only referring to like a lifetime of crime before that like when the, there's a scene where you I think you blow a hole in something with a cannon and then um, you blow a whole bunch of stuff up and then some person is like oh you, you've done a lot of damage and then your person is like oh it's nice to get to get paid for this for once and I'm like, what do you mean? You were, you were doing this before? Or like, what were you doing before the military stuff? I just And then you've got like the wingsuit and the flame punch and all these different things that are just thrown in just cause. Um, and then like, oh, you just can cause? Just cause. Well, the thing is, oh my God, like to so not just reiterate everything in the review, the things that they bring in that should be cool new mechanics, like you can like, surf on the top of a car. You never use that because you never need to. And the AI never takes over if you're driving with someone to drive you to the point so you can shoot some dudes yeah. while you're on the roof of a car. Also, it doesn't even work in cars. Without a roof, and I said in the review, I know that sounds like a weird statement, but if they're taking the mechanic from Just Cause, Rico would always find something to stand on, right. and it's like insane. So if you don't have a, if you're not in a van or something with a roof, that br- button prompt just doesn't do anything, and it's just like. What are we doing? It's like, <laughs> if you're gonna bring a new mechanic, at least let it do something. And yeah. it's like, oh, you can sideswipe cars, but again, you never really need to. And it's just, and even when you do, it barely hits them anyway. The kick feels terrible. The melee feels terrible. Right. I just, I think maybe I do hate
0: it. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the game feel because <laughs> one of its, big, one of the biggest redeeming factors of the game for me was uh, the game, the game feel. Like, right. I thought certain uh, weapons felt really enjoyable to use. There was this carbine that I got very early in the game, and popping headshots with that thing and the way that the uh, characters that you were shooting were just kind of ragdoll out of existence. To me, (laughs) that gave my lizard brain enough of a visceral response to keep me going in those missions. And I thought from a car shooting perspective, it was fine, it worked. There was enough feedback there for me. Uh, The same kind of like with the driving, none of this that I'm describing is the best in class. But it was solid enough for me to kind of uh, play the game way beyond uh, (laughs) the amount of time I should have played the game. I think
2: the thing, because we we say a lot, especially off-recording, classic us. Like, we'll disagree on a lot of stuff. Oh, classic us, we disagree. It breaks me that, like that you're not a fan of the older like Saints 3 which has for me drastically superior shooting to this one right like oh excuse me I punched the microphone I've
0: uh, <laughs> I've you, gone you, you don't hate I it I just but. I
2: can't get enough of it and um I've gone back to all like almost all the Saints games in the last couple of weeks just to compare them and I was just making sure that I my like I said lizard brain stuff uh lined up because for me when the new one started I literally went oh god I hated how it felt like yeah. that weird twitchy oversensitive aiming couldn't line up headshots like just could, didn't feel satisfying at and then I directly went back and compared that to Saints 3 and 4. And I just, like I said, I, I just, Saints 3, having now played, I played that yesterday. You talk about stuff that I did on my days off. I went back to Saints or 3. That game shooting is so much more satisfying and right. so much more um, responsive. And just, like for me, in terms of base playing, like the fact that they even restrict your melee abilities, your finisher animations, because um, they were, okay, it's like Doom style. You're going to use one of these moves to get your health back. Um, but so, like you, it's the most over-the-top power fantasy thing ever. We haven't got a tactical element you can't even switch shoulders when you're aiming or take cover or anything so like that side of it I just think is a complete wash if we're talking about core gameplay mechanics like yes you can zoom in and shoot dudes and it does that division thing of like when you hit a headshot it does that little
0: schlock noise which is like okay cool I just nailed a headshot but we're talking bare minimum stuff it it is bare minimum stuff and I just I guess I enjoyed that stuff uh, more than you did because Mm. I did like the added you know it feels weird to call it a tactical element like you mentioned (laughs) there but it is a kind of tactical element to have have to uh, you know restore that bar for your special move and that special move gets yeah. your health back because like you said the, you don't really want to take cover in the game I did like a lot of the powers that you get I mean the, one of the first ones you um, the unlock grenade throw is thing. the grenade throw where you throw a grenade down someone's pants and then you kind of throw them <laughs> like a bowling ball into a group of dudes and they explode that for me kind of like never got old again it's bare minimum yeah. stuff it's kind of things in isolation I don't think any of it comes together as a coherent whole but like I said you know there was a foundation there that I enjoyed enough, Mm. just there was nothing surrounding it either in the open world or in the missions themselves that uh, wanted me to keep going and when i saw kind of like the reviews go up and everyone else was kind of like yeah there's there's nothing beyond the first few hours i was kind of thinking well okay maybe i'm done now maybe if, <laughs> if, there's, if, I, if i've seen the best this game has to offer yeah and uh, maybe i don't need to go back to it
2: i i mean that's the thing the more you stick with it for me the more off-putting it is like i mean we're talking like the first few hours but i still i hate the lopping mission they did there's a there's a stealth fail mission in a prison that just sucks like really like you talk about the outdated stuff that's the stuff that feels like the most 2010 like we're still putting up with this stuff i feel like the breaking Point for um, random insertiest insert stealth mission here stuff was the MJ missions in Spider Man, which yeah. I didn't personally mind that much. But when the reviews all went up and everyone was complaining about it, I was like, yeah, I see how that this breaks the um, the overall flow. And then Miles Morales just ditched that stuff altogether. So I was like, okay, like you know, if we're gonna do an open world an open world game, there's a certain level of flow, a certain level of just go with it that like needs to be there. Um, that Saints just doesn't have. It's like now we're gonna go f- like rifle through a trash dumpster and yeah. try and get some items. Like, what are we what are we doing, guys? Why have you ended?
0: this. I I agree, man. I will say it's kind of one of the positive takeaways from this Saints Row game is that it made me appreciate other open world games that I also wasn't a fan Mm -hmm. of. Because for instance, I didn't really like Far Cry 6. I'm a huge fan of the franchise, but I thought Far Cry 6 felt antiquated in its open world design and just felt a little bit rote, felt a little Mm -hmm. bit outdated. Mm -hmm. Playing Saints Row made me realize just how antiquated things could have been. (laughs) Just how dated things could have been in Far Cry 6 and it actually made me appreciate that game more because that at least tried a few things At least it's smooth and playable. Yeah, and smooth and playable and the gameplay was uh, very solid. At least it wasn't completely devolving into (laughs) pre-2015 habits like I think this does just across the board. Like I said, it does to me feel like a relic in terms of how it's designed Mm. the things that you're doing, the activities that are stuffed in there. And that to me is just a shame like if they wanted to make this for a new audience if they wanted this to be a brand new iteration of Saints Row then don't be basing your game design tropes on things that were outdated nearly a decade ago at this point yeah I, I think it's just
2: I, I get they wanted to have like a because th- the thing is like Saints is such I opened the review by saying it's such an interesting IP like for me Saints 1 only really took off because it wasn't GTA 4 it landed in that space when we were waiting for the next generation of open world crime sandbox games and then it's not that Saints isn't a great game or a solid enough game but that's that was the box that it takes like it was an Xbox exclusive it was GTA like style um, and then Saints 2 and 3 only became more wacky because it was kind of spinning off from where like I always felt like Volition like looking back well, like okay GTA is not being crazy anymore it's not being San Andreas there's no jetpacks and over the top stuff and whatever um, Rockstar is going to be doing the GTA 4 thing so we'll be as crazy as possible and for me I like that because I liked what um, San Andreas brought to the table and I feel like now it's in this weird spot where they sort of have half the fandom who love the original Saints and about half of Saints 2 even though Saints Saints 2 is way more over the top than people give it credit for. Oh, yeah. People are always like, oh, Saints 1 and 2, the grounded ones. Like, no, Saints 1, that's about it. Um, I love 3 and 4 um, because they give into that San Andreas mentality. But I always love the jetpack in San Andreas. I know people didn't like that stuff. Right. Um, I was always like, sure, let's just be as ridiculous as possible. But now, you know, if you're Volition trying to make this work for a whole new audience, I just... I don't know. It makes me think of like trying to design a protagonist or design like an an inroad for a whole bunch of, a a new um, set of people. And I was thinking, we talked about this before we were uh, recording, like last, well, before I did the review last week, there's a reason that like people don't put certain um, like cliques into protagonists. Like if you talk about like, we've never had a grunge hero protagonist. Right. We've never had like a greaser protagonist, never had a scene kid protagonist. Now we've kind of got a hipster protagonist and there's a way to make that work. Yeah. Um, I can't think of a single example in gaming where that's worked. Watch Dogs 2, in my opinion. Totally Watch Dogs. Okay. Perfect example. Like, yeah, Watch Dogs 2, Marcus in Watch Dogs 2 is awesome. Like, he's, like, um well-written. He's confident. Like, he represents a youthful mentality. You want to play as the guy. Um, That isn't here. Like, I don't want to play as these guys. I remember at the very beginning when they're just like, we can <laughs> rob this bank and then we'll all go back and, like, play, do karaoke. Like, yay. And I'm like, who, who are you? I would <laughs> never be anywhere near you in real life. Nor do these people exist. Like, I that whole thing of, like, trying to, like, what are the kids into? How do we replicate this yeah. crazy, over-the-top, you know, nothing matters. We're all on Twitter. Twitter, we're all online thing yeah Falls the F down.
0: I again it's it's kind of a thing where <laughs> I agree with you by degrees. Like, right, like right. I said at the start, you know, it's the characters' personalities while outdated and while not fun for the most part, hmm. there was enough there, like that karaoke thing. I was like, that's something. I like the you kind of like mad group <sighs> of friends who will go out and do this big robbery or go kill a rival gang and then you're gonna come back and you're gonna do some fun stuff. That was fine. <laughs> However, you know, we mentioned Watch Dogs 2 there, and this game reminded me in its aesthetic mm. and often in its tone of Watch Dogs 2. So much. Uh, and the issue with that is Watch Dogs 2 is years and years old at this point. Yeah. You know? That was speaking to a youthful demographic that even felt a little bit cringy and a little bit dated at the time. Had and the same now LED emoji mask. Had the same LED <laughs> emoji mask and now we're here doing the same thing. It seems like, given the character customization options, uh, the fashion hasn't moved in the years since. The uh, kind of like points <laughs> of reference for humor hasn't moved along. And that's what makes it feel dated, not just the game design. It's mm. the Way it is approaching these these characters, it's the way it's approaching the writing. It's it's the way it's approaching the world in saying, "Look, isn't this cool?" In look, isn't this cool, the things that they're pointing out, uh, they were barely cool when Watch Dogs 2 was doing them, you know That's
2: very true, and at least Watch Dogs 2 had the gameplay sandbox stuff, like you could I remember the first time I I did an entire mission um, sitting outside the area because it was like clearing out a settlement um, as Marcus, but you have access to like an aerial drone and there's there's like a little RC car that you can send in as well, and also you can hack all the security cams and everything works off everything else and so I just sat Marcus outside the settlement and I drone controlled the entire mission and I remember completing that mission all from the laptop and I was like, this is so cool. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that very much, but I like that you can. Um, and just sort of like I remember like as that I came back out of the remote view that I was in as I was in the aerial drone, having hacked whatever information I did for the mission. And then uh, Marcus just closed the laptop and I was like, that was just so slick. Yeah, and I got to like sort of remote control one of the cars to like you know make like a getaway and everything. And I was like, this is really really cool. There's none of that sandbox, um, you know, have fun with it, make up your own, um, you know, path through the mission stuff here as there's like arguably should be in an open world sandbox game. Like there's just shooting Dudes. Shoot Dudes over and over again. Um, same as Agents of Mayhem, which was another game Five Volition that was an yeah. absolute slog.
0: I think uh, you've hit a really great point there, because what does Saints Row have that a bunch of other open world games doesn't have? Mm. Like, what are you coming to this game for that only this game can do? You mm. know, and I don't think there's anything. You know, <laughs> if you look at any of the other franchises that it's taking inspiration from, Far Cry just Cause, Grand Theft Auto or previous Saints Row games, mm this does nothing that its inspirations and its peers does uh, better. And it doesn't have many original ideas on its own from the writing to the gameplay, to the shooting, to the driving. You can get better <laughs> versions of this game that kind of feel more modern if yeah. you just look to other franchises. And even some of the reference points I'm mentioning there, like Far Cry 6 again, like <coughs> they're already kind of perhaps the worst versions of that formula anyway. They're but very they tired. still yeah. do it better than Saints Row 2020. <laughs>
2: I'd say what's interesting as well is it got me thinking about the crime sandbox genre because it's just gone away like so you know it's it's almost one of those things where if you're insert X publisher you don't greenlight a crime sandbox game because you're a media comparison to GTA and GTA Online just dominates everything GTA Five is still in the charts almost ten years later and there's quote unquote just no point going up against it. Um, what do you think of that stuff? Because I feel like they finally took a swing and I'm glad someone took a swing. Um, I think it's a horrible swing, but mm. I'm I'm still glad Saints exists in the crime sandbox genre and I wonder if it will i don't think it'll directly inspire people to be like oh they they did it so we should do it but i miss this genre i miss yeah. that miss there being more contenders in this genre because i don't play gta online i finished gta 5 like there's not it's a whole genre that just went away that just isn't there anymore
0: totally i'd, I'd echo what you said there because since role got me thinking about that as well mm. i was kind of you know kind of taken aback at how long it had been where I'd played an open world kind of like crime sandbox game set in a city where you're kind of like doing these kinds of missions and yeah I think obviously the shadow of GTA you know completely overshadows that (laughs) genre (laughs) to the point where people won't take an attempt which sucks because there have been great games in that subgenre. Sleeping Dogs for instance is one of my my favorite favorite ones. Uh, You know I think that That was like 2011 (laughs) Exactly even that though was a long long time ago and it's only tied off in the years since which is a, which is a real shame. Mm. I think there's definitely scope in there now that GTA is taking so long between installments. Like, mm. there should be more stabs at this. But knowing that you're going up against, you know, the most profitable video game of all time, Neely, <laughs> or maybe, maybe, maybe in general now, I'm not entirely sure. One of, yeah. you know, this absolute cultural behemoth. Of course, that's going to make people run a mile because even if there hasn't been a new GTA game, GTA is still in the top 10 mm. best selling games of the month like every other month and online doing so good so mm-hmm. yeah it is a shame that I think uh, that game has kind of put other developers off but there should be more stabs at this like you said because there's so much scope to make something interesting that mm-hmm. isn't just copying what Grand Theft Auto did and does.
2: No an insane case not just copying what they tried to do as their differentiator which like I said was the, the wacky stuff it was doubling down on the idea of what the jetpack represented in San Andreas and then fleshing that out into an entire IP and uh, or an IP identity, I just, yeah, because this hasn't landed very well, I mean, this has been absolutely panned. I mean, our reviews done almost 80K uh, views on YouTube since 3 p.m. yesterday, which is very nice to see for us, like, hits-wise, but I'm like, there is a notable conversation around just how much this is getting wrong. I think that's interesting in regards to the, like, the genre itself still being overlooked because it's like, oh, well, okay, this didn't work, so there's no point even trying going up against stuff. Um, I'm sure it was Jason Schreier, maybe Stephen Totillo um, from Axios who shared the um, Embracer group's um, re- uh, rev share of you call it that went all the way down their share price and right. um, that plummeted when, when the Saints Row embargo went up and everyone realized how bad it was and I was like that only reinforces the financial side that it's not worth taking the swing um, unless you do something like incredible which I guess is even harder to do because you need a more sizable budget which is an even bigger risk etc cetera, etc cetera.
0: that's true that is true but I think yeah I mean Stephen Dogs too. I think, like you said, the response to kind of like the backlash for this game, while some of it might be in bad faith, I think a lot of people did want Saints Row to be good. The Saints Row has this inbuilt fan base. Mm-hmm. When it was announced that a new one was coming, there was a lot of anticipation for it. If there was something that could have been a success, it was this game. And to see it kind of like drop down so hard mm-hmm. c- brings me no joy. It doesn't bring <laughs> me any joy to see this kind of like critically panned. It doesn't mm-hmm. bring me any joy to play it and really not enjoy it, or to see it kind of feel so bud- in a subgenre that has felt more technologically advanced with each passing year and that's Mm -hmm. just kind of, it's a shame because this should be a big franchise, Volition should be this big developer, but between Agents of Mayhem especially and now uh, Saints Row, I don't know really what's happened there and I don't know how they can mount a comeback without, like you said getting this kind of like cash or resource resource injection to make the next game you know, spectacular Mm -hmm. and completely smash in the foundation foundations of this rudimentary technology
2: and that was a whole. Thing. I actually remembered as well because the whole thing. We haven't even talked about the graphics and no. the immediate presentational uh, issues because it doesn't hit you with d- decent graphics immediately. And there was that whole thing during development where it was initially going to be on old. Co- it was going to be on the older consoles, and then now it's on uh, next gen exclusive or whatever. And I feel like that's. It feels like an old gen game who's had its old gen versions can, but it was so close to the release day that you're pretty much just getting something that was directly made for those old consoles. Now advertised as a PS5 game and Xbox Series X game. Um, and there's that side of it where even if you just want to play old school Saints with a new look, um, for me, Saints Three, Saints Row Three remastered, other than the lighting in this it looks better overall. This looks more consistent. Yeah, um, where this can't even really tick the box of look what my system can do.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you mentioned this in your review, but mm-hmm. have you tried the different kind of graphical modes yes. out much? Well, I didn't mention it in the review, but I did do. That. I've tried them. Right, yeah, because you know, I obviously, know I love doing that. Yeah, <laughs> so I've been trying that out a lot, and I kind of settled on the 1440p uh, frame rate mode, right. mm-hmm. which doesn't work. Scott Tilford, because no. in high intensity scenes the frame rate still tanks and that just made me so confused because if that's your frame rate mode and it can't keep up like how is this game built like you said you know the immediate impression of this title when you first boot it up is that it does not look good like the character models are not great the animations are not great the textures suck the lighting <laughs> even though it's kind of like technically impressive in <coughs> terms of what it's outputting I still think isn't very good no. because the art direction of the whole game is just messy and muddy and just empty empty and soulless and uninspiring that's a lot of adjectives <laughs> uh in yeah it doesn't make a good impression from that perspective especially playing on PlayStation 5 like you and mm. I were um, it's disappointing in that regard as well and it just kind of it's, man it just for, like I said every component is is not where it needed to be no. to get this franchise you know back on top. I
2: think t- t- yeah cause I didn't mention the different um like frame rate modes I think I had initially I had mine on the 4K UHD one but I was just like I had knocked it down one below to get like a better frame rate but like you said it doesn't really make that much difference anyway it's, it's quite a stuttery game anyway Um, but I did get because they, they patched it on um, I think it was like the Thursday last week um, so like various like melee animations were just like loads of stuff was all over the place before the patch like lots of the melee stuff wasn't even linking up and um, your character was just punching in one direction whilst someone was getting hit in the stomach somewhere else and um, stuff like that they patched all those things in but even after that I still had a bunch of stuff where it was telling me I was outside the mission zone when I was right next to the guy I was supposed to be killing or I was I mentioned these two examples in the review because they were just so stupid like I was on the map on the mini GP thing with this specific um, marker telling me where to go, um, and it was telling me that I um, was out the, out the zone, that I wasn't in the right, right. area, and it was counting down. Was like, Return to the mission area, 5-4,
0: and I was like, I can't go anywhere else, lads. Yeah, what I don't like about the bugs is that they're not the good bugs that you get in an <laughs> open world game. You know, the kind of bugs and glitches that in a wacky game like this... Perhaps even make the experience better because you got mm. cows floating in the air, you got cars going like supernova. Uh, and it's not that kind of thing. No, the, the bugs and glitches that you know plague this title are like what you mentioned there. You know, even I, in my small sample of hours that I've played, have encountered innumerable ones. The the glitches that you mentioned, you know, when you're <laughs> trying to do a melee move, and the characters' animations just aren't linking up mm-hmm. to missions breaking outright. You know, for instance, the camera might dislodge from behind my character in go Waves, one time the <laughs> jump button locked and I couldn't jump really? and then another time I couldn't speak to the character I was supposed to speak to awesome. because the button just vanished another time I had to kill an X amount of enemies but the last enemy teleported across the map and I couldn't get to them <laughs> because then I was outside of the zone and it was just stuff like that constant yeah. stuff that wouldn't like completely break your experience in terms of like giving you a uh, save corrupt or anything but little Confidence. issues the mission, though, yeah, but little issues in missions that would have you restarting checkpoints or restarting the mission entirely, mm. and that's just kind of unacceptable in a game that's this boring already. <laughs> <laughs> I did have, yeah, we'll
2: we'll finish talking about St. because it is just you can go check the review, you can the overall conversation is going to be echoing the stuff that we're talking about, but I think it's worth diving into a lot of the more nuanced, hands on stuff, like you said, those specific mission examples and everything. Um, because yeah, I had a dude where I was in this mission, <laughs> there was one guy left, but he was on like a high rise bridge up behind me, and I was like, I'm gonna have to go all the way around the city block to get up onto that motorway to kill this one guy. And it's like, eliminate all the enemies. I'm like, I can't even see him. Like, he's back <laughs> over there somewhere. Um, stuff like that is uh, is just ridiculous. But yeah, I have to imagine that this game came in pretty hot. I imagine if they severed um, two of the four main platforms they were aiming for, that there is there was something going on there. I mean, I know that the game was delayed anyway to get to where we are now. Yeah. So I would imagine that in the next, I don't even know, heart, like few months, whatever it'll be, there'll they'll be considerable patches to this. Um, but you can't patch out the lack of a core, the lack of a reason to exist, uh, I don't think you'll ever make this a recommendable title.
0: That's it, that's what I would agree with, like, it's <coughs> one of those titles where they could spend the time fixing the bugs, but mm. even if they did, what they have left is an admittedly mediocre game at best, you know, there will be people who outright hate this thing, and mm. perhaps rightly so, because of how it plays and whatnot, I think I would give it like a 5 or a 6 out of 10, because there were some enjoyable moments, again, I've not completed it, by the way, this mm. is like a, a early impression I suppose, mm-hmm. but even in those early impressions, like I don't have a reason to want to go back and play more uh, because the mission design is just so antiquated. And while there are some fun missions in there, I thought, you know, I thought some of the security missions at the beginning were all right. They're a nice idea, helping yeah. out your friends when you finally get your base of operations. Mm-hmm. Some of those missions were quite fun, but it's kind of like there's a weird discrepancy between them as well because you get the big set piece missions mm-hmm. that are quite lengthy, and then you kind of get these other kind of character building moments mm-hmm. that are done in five minutes and they all have you going back to the church to there's start. Some of them, them are so repetitive just, as well. Yeah, they're very repetitive and it's like there are some good ones in there, but there's there's a lot of content in there and, and not much quality content.
2: I feel like they had a lot of back and forth on the game size entity. How do we make it work for a, a new generation? What platforms are we targeting? Um, you know, like Because it's Deep Silver Volition or whatever now. So it's like, okay, we need to make sure that this works. It's the rebirth of the franchise. I think um, Got Out of Hell was 2017, I think. It's definitely right. been a while. I think it's been five since the last um, Saints game and I feel like they went back and forward on a lot of that artistic direction stuff and so that's for me that's why it feels so all over the place and why there's so much filler stuff because um, it's like at some point it's like okay pad this out this still needs to be a premium product we're still, still going to sell it for full price I'm pretty sure there's a deluxe version for a hundred pounds um, so it's like we still need to do that so it's like okay take this one mission template and do it ten times do this other thing and do it five times um, and have this whole weird m- mode thing where it's like take photos of stuff so you can put them back at the church yeah it doesn't mean anything or do anything. It's just like a decorative thing. Yeah. But why would I want to decorate the old church with like a cannon yeah. or a port or a portaloo or whatever it is? Like that stuff is just kind of there for you to do something to kill your time. And um we talked about this again we talk about this stuff like in the office and everything. There's something about just it's just it's a way to spend some time media that is just something you can sit and watch for a bit that for me is the absolute worst. I would rather have something that was terrible so I can pick it apart. Right. Um or like you know analyze what went wrong or whatever or something immaculate than just a beige five out of ten nothing
0: yeah i think i would agree you know the most damning thing is i thought this might at least be a good podcast game mm. But when i was playing it yesterday with podcasts on it got to a point where i just shut the game off and listened to the podcast i was like <laughs> it's not even worth playing this on silence just going through the mission you know no. it's it's, it's uh, even the kind of base lizard thing that i mentioned earlier uh, ran out after a while, after play the an old extended session, no stuff. man, because you will, you I, like it. I don't like them. No,
2: but as a podcast game, if you want to just pl- if right. you just want to shoot stuff, if you just want to shoot stuff, like Saints Three and Four have immaculate shooting mechanics.
0: Here's the thing, though. Go on. I've realised with this Saints stroke yeah, that I don't just want to shoot stuff. Apparently, <laughs> I need a little bit more when I'm playing uh, when I'm listening to podcasts and music and whatnot. Apparently, that doesn't do it for an extended period of time. That which is, fair. is a shame.
2: The um, the one thing I was going to say, which I didn't say in the review, is that when <laughs> the review code came through for this, and I. I redeemed it every day that I had access to this game, I forgot I had it. Right. That's how forgettable this was during the entire review period. It was just every day I'd be like, "Oh yeah, Saints Row!" Like I would just be, I would put the PS5 on and um, to play Rollerdrome or whatever, just to just to do a gaming, and it would just be sat there, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, Saints Row! Oh, yeah, gotta <laughs> get through this." And um, I just, yeah, one of the most forgettable games in quite some time. I just feel sorry for the team. I, they've they've tried something. There there is there is still a soul to this. It doesn't feel algorithmically corporately generated there's definitely elements of that in here Okay, um, it's not, but it doesn't feel like an anthem it doesn't feel like an Avengers it feels like people trying I think they fail at yes. that attempt but it feels like people trying something yes. in a way that um, Avengers anthem you know in, in Fallout 76 whatever didn't feel like
0: I don't know if I agree with that <laughs> but I wouldn't argue too much against it because mm. yeah like you said maybe it is just like uh, they had a mission statement they had the things they wanted to hit and those things were just so wild. Wildly uh, misguided that we ended up with this product anyway. Yes. Uh, yeah. Ultimately, though, I don't think it is recommendable at all. Even if you're a diehard fan of the franchise, which I am, admittedly not. Right. Yeah. And I. Yeah. Like I said,
2: I love Saints Three and Four, and even like I mean, I love all Saints, but like uh, the not, not the band. Although I haven't listened to all Saints hey, in a long time. Pure hey. short, No.
0: Pure shots. <laughs> <laughs> all Saints did the tide is high, if I recall. Maybe. And I'm no. That on. I was Atomic Kitten. I am getting all of this wrong.
2: Yes. They they crossed over. That was a lot of two thousands uh, radio. Pop, but overall, at least give it some time if you're die hard waiting to play Saints Row, just wait for the patches and stuff. Um, but overall, there's not that much recommendable outside of um, the, the sheer ability to shoot some dudes, anyway. Let's do some new stuff because there's not that much cracking on. But um, Gamescom's opening night live is tonight, Jeff Keighley's own show, um, and so there's a few rumors doing the rounds as to what might be at the live stream. So, one thing is a new Bioshock. Now, this is a bit threadbare, but still, it makes sense for something that Mr. Keighley might have uh, locked down. The official Bioshock. Bioshock Twitter has been um, sharing out various pieces of uh, fan art and various things, talking about Bioshock, to celebrate the game's 15th anniversary, which in itself is terrifying. Bioshock's 15 years old.
0: That blew my mind at the weekend. You a know, little bit, yeah. Not to be one of those guys who's just constantly, you know, haunted by his age when these anniversaries <laughs> come around. But for some reason, Bioshock was a one that really surprised me. Yeah. I was like, how is that 15 years old? I am... Maybe. I think Go it's on. because internally, I've already checked off the anniversaries of other things that meant a lot mm. to me in 2007, like like Call of Duty 4 yep. that wasn't a surprise Bioshock hadn't entered the old mind <laughs> so when I saw that doing the rounds on Twitter I thought my lord how was time passed?
2: 2007 was a long time ago but yeah so Bioshock is celebrating its 15th anniversary Jeff Keighley replied to the Twitter thread with a couple of love hearts um, which people just uh, leapt at and said maybe it, maybe it's going to be at the opening light, night live ceremony um, however to throw something else in um, Bioshock was one of, is one of the only games that is yet to be confirmed from the massive Nvidia leak from September 2021 nearly everything else on that um list of games has since come true or has been announced. So and we know there's a new Battle coming yeah, anyway. So it's thing. about time.
0: That's the weird thing because mm. it has been confirmed, but in the weirdest way possible. Like like a you blog know, post 2K <laughs> and take two have been like, we've got a new one coming. We'll have some news <laughs> at some point. And it's been long enough in my opinion mm-hmm. to at least slap together a trailer uh for whatever the next game is going to be because what a strange way to announce that game and then just yeah. go completely silent. And I know obviously uh COVID would have impacted development and whatnot. But but even then, it felt premature. Well, even to the it.
2: yeah, even the press thing from because it's it's a new dev, it's Cloud Chamber. So yeah. even when it got announced from them, it was that was pre COVID. That was just sort of and then all, there was all that stuff with Kotaku. Was back when Jason Schreier was still at Kotaku and he was talking about Mafia Three and he's out next door, the new Bioshock's in, in development, something like that. Um, so we've known about it for a while. But I think um, I would kind of hope that Keeley knows the general energy in gaming at the minute that we could do with some stuff to talk about um, that like, either it's new releases or whatever. Um, and I just I hope there's some window into what a Bioshock game is. I wouldn't be more interested in um, the new Ken Levine game, because yeah. um, that's been in development for, it's coming up on 10 years.
0: Well... Go on. Let me ask you this. Yes. Is something happening in those Take-Two studios? Mm. Because they're kind of reminding me of WB when WB couldn't get a game off the ground after Arkham Knight. You right. know, um, WB Montreal went through Suicide Squad, went <laughs> through, like, an Arkham game, and then Rocksteady themselves pitched a Superman game. That got knocked back. They mm. were on Suicide Squad, and that eventually uh, was the project that stuck. With the Take-Two studios, I'm kind of getting that same vibe. Like, what's mm. going on at Cloud Chamber? Why is Hangar 13 had all of these projects cancelled and now they're apparently doing a new Mafia game. Mm -hmm. How is Ken Levine being allowed to make this game (laughs) for 10 years without even showing us a title or a title screen or anything? Mm -hmm. They've got a lot of studios working on a lot of stuff, but we're long overdue as something tangible I think.
2: Yeah, I'm very, the thing is I'm more curious in what Levine's doing just because my standard, I feel like I say this every single week, but I (laughs) want new things and I want to know what the dude that made Bioshock is doing next as opposed to what is a other team who's trying to chase Bioshock, what are they going to do? at the same time um, I would still take whatever the next Bioshock is providing it has it's own identity Um, there were like all sorts of discarded documents about what Bioshock could have been Um, there was like a whole botanical version of it where it's all plant based powers um, and there was like a whole secret society of like scientists and stuff that were working on uh, all these like plant hybrids that's kind of cool that gets away from we've done water we've done air maybe we do earth Mm -hmm. and put it in the middle and so I wonder Um, wonder if that's what they end up doing Um, but yeah so there is a Bioshock um, rumor doing the rounds by the time some some people hear this. Opening Night Live will have been on, um, but if you're listening to this um, on the afternoon of the Tuesday, then Which I hope you are, and you can get you can join us in getting excited. Um, speaking of being excited, people might be more excited that the Kotor remake has moved studios because it shines <laughs> this of hope that wasn't there before.
0: What a shamble, Scott Tilford. <laughs> speaking of games announced prematurely, I cannot believe this might not be coming out until 2025 at this point. Yeah,
2: so the, the report doing the rounds um, is that Embrace. This is from Jason Schreier, This is from Bloomberg. Um, Embracer, the parent company of the Kotal remake, um, have moved um, development of the game from the Texas-based Aspire Media Ex- Aspire Media Studio to Saber Interactive in Eastern Europe. Um, Embracer said that they don't expect delays, but that feels more like a shareholder yeah. placating thing um, because Jason Schreier says that they nearly always happen when this stuff happens. You're literally switching developers um, and studios um, and the game isn't expected for at least two years um, with 2025 uh, being penned. So that'll be and that'll be five it'll be five years into the PS5's life cycle by the time that exclusive arrives
0: that's kind of nightmarish to think about that <laughs> I am a you know as you probably are as well I know you went through it uh, recently the original mm. like a huge yes. KOTOR fan it was very excited when this and anna- now when this was announced the fact that it was going to be a PlayStation 5 exclusive was really tantalizing mm. but yet yeah, to read this report and to hear that you know everyone involved was just disappointed uh, <laughs> with where the game was at you know Disney Sony embraced themselves all being like what is this game what's going on mm-hmm. to me that uh, is, is such a shame you know like you said they mentioned that there'll be no delays I think Jason Schreier pointed out maybe in the follow up Twitter thread that they said no material delays no material delays which tracks because they haven't announced the release date so like technically it's yes. not a delay but of course there's going to be a delay because a new studio is coming in to turn it around I think
2: legally it's like can you delay the thing that was never <laughs> initially had a release date like I exactly. guess not but yeah, yeah exactly. I mean I don't even know like because that was the whole thing if you read the initial I think it was Schreier's report in the first place that detailed just what went wrong with the initial Aspire version of the game that they spent so much money and so many resources developing vertical slices to show to various business partners whether it was Disney um, or whoever Embracer and everything else um, which meant that no core development really was taking place and so that resulted in the game being an absolute mess and now it's been given to a different studio so I don't even know if they know what the hell the Total remake even is like if it is it going to be a turn-based thing is it going to be that old Bioware approach to combat is it going to be live action who even knows at this point well that's the big question isn't it because Mm. how
0: do you update cut or how do you re- remake do you make it a new thing instead uh, I mean, of course you could But I don't want I want new things And old things I don't want old things I need some comfort sometimes no. Hang on You don't want old things I don't think I want them anymore What did you tell me this morning You said House of the Dragons Really good <laughs> That's is, a new thing That's nah, Game of Thrones My friend It is a bit But it's sort of It's
2: a new story Okay It's a new I want new things And some <laughs> new thing In the old things world
0: If that's what we have to settle on That's Maybe. fair enough Yeah that's That's the height of originality That's, now, that's the, Oh
2: god That's I don't want to entertain the, the black void in my brain That knows how much I despise Just how much we regurgitate stuff. That's that's an increasing hatred of mine. No, it that is I just go- have to be like, that's just the reality of business <laughs> that we can't talk about.
0: I think it's it is worth talking about uh, when you talk about something like Kotor, which obviously is this remake, is mm. this old thing coming back, and yet we're going to be waiting around for it for a long time. <laughs> I think people have more patience, and this is me generalizing for the things that they are already familiar with. Mm. If if they're not given the same kind of like production cycle as a new thing, the fact that mm. this will be like, you know, five, six years in development by the time it comes out. That's when you start thinking, well, could those resources not have been better put on something new to realize an original IP?
2: Yeah, well, that's the thing. I would, I would always take the new stuff. If it's said it, from the makers of Knights of the Old Republic, I know they would be more Bioware than a different team, but still, um, that would excite me more. But I wonder what their initial timing plan was because Star Wars is very much in a hiatus in terms of the big movie stuff. I know there's obviously the TV shows and everything. Uh, Obi-Wan did well enough. Like that was like a nostalgia trip. It was all right. It was fine. We
0: can't. We don't have enough time on this podcast to talk about Obi Wan. I don't. No, think. but
2: my point is that like that like didn't go down disastrously.
0: There was a remotely no, yeah.
2: positively received Star Wars thing for the first time since Force Awakens, and it did all right. Mandalorian did all right. is, is
0: it. I don't, yeah, exactly. Man, I think on the TV side of things, Star Wars is doing pretty well. Mandalorian was massive, man. Like, Mandalorian I was don't massive. I love that show, but it was massive.
2: It was. Know? It was massive. Everyone loves Baby Yoda and everything. But my point is, I wonder what their timing was right. internally to be like. Okay, we're doing Knights of the Knights uh, of the Old Republic, the remake what are we kind of timing that with in terms of the wider Star Wars, uh, the media empire, and where Star Wars is going to be in 2025? Because assumedly, that'll be after the next movie, because they're doing all the, um, they're doing the High Republic stuff the, yeah. as the next wing of movies that they're going to be doing. Yeah. And um, so I kind of wonder how it'll sit then, because Knights of the Old Republic lines up more timeline-wise with the High Republic, or at least in terms of visuals and aesthetics, and, you know, back when the Jedi were at the height of their power and all that kind of stuff. And maybe it serves them better that they can do a, a more swashbuckling, old-school, swords and shields style Star Wars. Maybe. um, As opposed to trying to make it work now when everyone like me doesn't want any of it.
0: I think if they and could or, no. get it out right now, they absolutely would. You know, I think it might be fortuitous timing if they do manage to time one. them. Thank you. Uh, learned it from you. Did you? <laughs> I, did. I used fortuitous before. <laughs> you have used fortuitous. Good lord! And um, maybe in a very old article. Possible. Uh, Possible. Getting some. Getting inspired by the writing style. Of, <laughs> in the the excellent writing style, may I add, of Scott Hilton. But yeah, you. The point is, I think they would release it now if if they had it good to go. I think Star Wars, for as much as you are. Currently in it is almost millions of others at this moment in time with mm. all of the different shows, and while everything might not be a massive hit, it is this kind of you know thing that exists, kind of like the MCU, and KOTOR is a big enough name, I think, to drop whenever mm. and still succeed. What I'm interested in, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you have any knowledge about this, because I'm kind of in the dark, is mm. whether or not it'll be canon, because obviously, you know, all of the legend stuff was wiped out when uh, Disney bought the licensed in 2013, but Mm -hmm. some of that legend stuff has then been reinstated as canon. I'm not sure where Knights of the Old Republic in general lies on that spectrum, but that will be interesting because everything else that Disney and uh, Lucasfilm have been greenlighting in the uh, video game universe has being canon now, you know, Jedi yeah. Fallen Order is canon, all of the upcoming games with their uh, Quantic Dream and Ubisoft, I imagine they're going to be canon as well, so mm-hmm. where will this new version of Knights of the Old Republic fit, and if that is the case, do they have to change anything with the story to make it fit? I'm not sure. I would imagine that,
2: um, like you said, I, I don't think they've said, but I would imagine that a lot of those uh, meetings that were talked about in the Why the Game is a Mess uh, report were probably because they had to bounce everything off Disney. When I interviewed um, the various people that were making Jedi Fallen Order back when that game was coming out they said working with Disney was an absolute nightmare, almost in regards to like the big old email chain that is like, can we have this character's cloak be this colour? Okay, t- ask the Disney person and wait. and to give it a couple of weeks. Yes, you can use red. And okay, can we do this? And it was like everything was this like bounce back and forth thing. So you would like to assume that Disney have a handle on what they want for the overall vision of Star Wars going forward. Um, it's, it's very like Game of Thrones, ironically, like you mentioned House <laughs> of the Dragon, um, which is like they need this unified front for Star Wars, I feel. Um, and it makes more sense if you can mirror the likes of the two. 2000- releases where those games were plugging into different parts of the universe that you didn't uh, see on the, on, on the screen or whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't think they've clarified it, but I would just have to imagine that it's canon. It would be yeah. weird if it's just a one-off, it's a remake thing of a pre-Disney deal that doesn't line up with the Disney deal. Yeah, uh, I would have to imagine they bring it in line. Um, a final quick story is that uh, various fans have spotted a Mortal Kombat 30th anniversary pack over on Amazon UK um, to celebrate the game's 30th anniversary. Ed boone has been tweeting about this for a while too. Um, Ed Boone as well um, asked people if they would want a Shaolin Monks um, remake, remaster. Yes, we would, Mr. Boone. Yes, please. But just not going any further with it. Um, the only thing that's involved in this Mortal Kombat 30th anniversary pack um, has a release date of September 26th is just Mortal Kombat 11 again with all the DLC and the movie from 2021. Oh. Uh, there's got to be more to this anniversary. There has to be.
0: It's the 30th third- anniversary. It's got to be, like, humongous, It's almost you? as old as me. It is almost <laughs> as old as you. You came out the womb, presumably, unless yeah. you were, like, birthed controller a... in hand. Pop- or Hellspawn Yeah, playing Mortal Kombat (laughs) that's the legend that I have been told from the people who know you best Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's what I want to see celebrated with this anniversary you know I like the movie more than you do you do so that's quite cool to be bundled in but have we not had enough versions of Mortal Kombat 11 is what I ask you because I love that game yes oh dude MK11
2: is like the best thing NetherRealm have made why don't they do a collection of either the PS2 games I would take Deadly Alliance Deception Armageddon uh, sorry no Armageddon yes um, all of them, or give me a minigame collection, put the cart racing game in there, put the chess game in there, just do free to play. You can microtransaction if you want, just make sure the balancing side of it is right. But do all those, t- call it test your might, Mortal Kombat oh. test your might, put them all in there. That would that would sell, that would do nicely.
0: Ed, if you're listening, Edward, this man has an idea. I think you're right, <laughs> you know, the original, like the very original Mortal Kombat games, like the arcade games, mm. We've got enough versions of those, in my opinion, if the 30th Ooh, not anniversary... not available, though. Is that true? Can you, you can't know? play MK1, 2, 3, 4... Can you not? Four, no. That seems like a major omission. It is. In my head, I've played those to death on every console, but I guess <laughs> not. Maybe it was back in the 360 era or something. Well, the point yeah. is they have had re-releases in a way that those PS2-era games, like you mentioned, mm. just haven't, and they've kind of been forgotten about, and they certainly aren't ready, readily available, unless no. you want on a PlayStation 2. And there are some great games in there that I'm sure will inspire the nostalgia of millions around the globe if they were repackaged into an anniversary edition of Mortal Kombat 11, because mm-hmm. I loved so many of those titles, both the mainline games and the spin-offs, like you said, Shole and Monks, and I want to see those mini-games come mm-hmm. back as well. Yeah, I think for a game... Uh, series as big as this uh, for its 30th anniversary. You want to see something, like I said, monumental to mark the (laughs) occasion. That said, it was very recently Zelda's 30th anniversary. Was that? 35th, I believe. 35th. And they did nothing for that, so maybe I'm wrong. They, Nintendo, put some
2: some phone wallpapers out that you can download with some coins that you can get if you buy enough other stuff on the eShop. Yeah, maybe devs just don't care about 30th anniversaries, but they didn't care about the 25th anniversary or the 20th anniversary either, so is it It's not like in Mortal Kombat's case, we've not got a bundle of titles. I feel like with things like TMNT, Streets of Rage, showing that you can revisit old pixelated stuff and make it tighter and better. Sonic Mania, you can go back to old stuff and bring it up to speed. You know, the original Mortal Kombat's are very twitchy. The move lists are not very long. Each character has like five moves or whatever. Um, You could go back to that stuff and tighten it up and make it almost like a dive kick style game where it's just really immediate and, you know, you you capitalize on that and you speed things up and you make it so it looks very, very nice and you, you include the fatalities in the games. We haven't got to go googling them or yep. whatever, and just have fun with how over-the-top Mortal Kombat used to be. That's what I would take. I would take a celebratory Mortal Kombat throwback pack. I Me feel too. like that's the most obvious thing in the world.
0: 100%. And I, I wonder if the reason that they won't do that is because the rumour is that their next game is going to be Mortal Kombat 12. Mm. Like The rumours suggest that they're going to be skipping Injustice this time around and just doing a straight follow-up, which mm. they haven't really done in the past. And I wonder if re-releasing those games now wouldn't make sense if they've got another new game <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) On the horizon. I'm not entirely sure, but I don't want to see those great Mortal Kombat games and some. Very overlooked Mortal Kombat games, just languishing to history, Scott, yeah. when they you know, we were just talking about how we want new things, but also I want old Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, I know. I uh, said so that whole thing, I want new stuff, but also Mortal
2: Kombat 1. <laughs> just, you know, 1992's Mortal Kombat 1. Um, I would take as a middle ground um them putting the collection on the PlayStation Plus service or on Game Pass. Just one of those announcements, like what the Yakuza series keeps doing, um, where initially Sega were like, all the Yakuza games are coming to Game Pass. That was a few years ago, and then recently, I think it's this month, um, all the Yakuza games are on PlayStation Plus for the entirety of um, September. And that's that's cool. Like Put a franchise on there, let people get lost in that franchise. You, in theory, PlayStation have access to all these previous console uh, emulations. So why not put that stuff on there? But for now, this has been The Windup. I've been Scott Tilford, joined by Josh Brown. Always
0: a pleasure, Scott Tilford. Always
2: a pleasure to be heard by all of you. And we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Goodbye. <laughs>